Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are again in Daniel chapter 11, and the title of this episode is The World Isn't Out of Control. Chapter 11 of Daniel is an angelic messenger's revelation to Daniel on the course of turbulent events in the Near Eastern countries. That's where Daniel was. That's where Israel is. And their rulers stretching from, and this is all in one chapter, from the Persian Empire, which existed between 536 and 486 B.C., up to and through the persecution of Antiochus Epiphanes, who lived between 175 and 165 B.C. So this is the stretch, and there's several very precise historical details in this chapter, and very few people have a background in, the, in this period of history. If you're a Protestant, your Bible doesn't have the book of First and Second Maccabees, which covers the last part of this period. And uh, even Catholics don't spend a whole lot of time. They know about Greece. They know about Rome, but there's other things in between. So I'm just going to give you three highlights from this chapter, three historical highlights. First, it mentions, uh, it starts with uh, Cyprus and the Persian Empire. That's the present tense when Daniel gets this message. And then after the Persian Empire, number one, there'll be a reign of Greek rulers culminating in Alexander the Great. And in chapter 11, verse 3, it's basically describing Alexander the Great. And this isn't the first time in the book of Daniel we see Alexander the Great, because he was in that image of Nebuchadnezzar that he saw, and the Greece was part of that succession of world empires back in Daniel chapter 2. Then the second step comes after Alexander the Great dies. He had no heirs, so his kingdom was divided into four parts among his generals. And this is how Daniel chapter 8 describes this same thing. It says, the he-goat, Alexander, magnified himself exceedingly, but when he was strong, the great horn was broken. He died young. Instead of it, there came up four conspicuous horns. The four horns are four leaders, and the Greek empire was divided among four generals who served under Alexander the Great. Okay, that's number two. Number three, of those four parts, one of those eventually produces the reign of a wicked, antichrist-like ruler by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. And Antiochus Epiphanes is a really bad guy. And starting in chapter 11 and verse 21, we read about Antiochus Epiphanes in his place shall a contemptible person to whom royal majesty has not been given 
He shall come in without warning and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Antiochus Epiphanes wasn't heir to the throne, but he did a lot of intrigues and found himself a ruler in the Middle East. Now, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, he didn't have a self-esteem problem because his self-appointed title, Epiphanes, means God manifest. He thought rather highly of himself. And so what we have in chapter 11 are a whole list of historical references of what is going to happen in the future from Daniel's day when he received this. Now, you should know, and I've repeated this several times in Daniel, but you need to hear this because you'll even hear the voice of people on Catholic radio and Protestant radio and various other places say that Daniel can't be predicting such accurate, specific details of the future course of history. Just no person can do that. But in a nutshell, Daniel didn't claim in this chapter to come up with it himself. Uh, He didn't have any precise knowledge of the future, but he did believe that God was sovereign over the world and involved in the world and could guide the course of history. And so rather than believing like modern scholars do, that Daniel actually, or whoever wrote Daniel, wrote it after the fact. In other words, after Antiochus Epiphany, and then wrote history in a phony way to pretend it was prophecy. Now, here's the basic problem. Many of these modern scholars are really bright people, and I've mentioned this, (laughs) but they have a hard time thinking there could have been anybody smarter than they are. You know, part of Christian belief is that we believe that God is omniscient. That is, he possesses universal or complete knowledge. So if you're omniscient, you know the future. And I really challenge the biblical scholars who are denying that anybody could know this. Well, Daniel didn't say he knew this. This was given to him by a messenger from God. Now, the other thing that Christians uh, confess is that God is omnipotent. Now, what happens if you combine God, who is omniscient, with the same God who is omnipotent, we can also know and guide the course of human history. Now, in this very confusing chapter with a lot of details that you need a lot of historical background for, I'm going to give you the main point of what's going on both in Daniel 10 and especially Daniel chapter 11, and it's very relevant for today. Here it, here it goes. Daniel knew that God had promised through the prophet Jeremiah to rescue his chosen people from the Babylonian captivity, now in captivity in Persia, after 70 years. 70 years is just about up. So the understandable reaction by anybody like Daniel would be, well, this is a very good news prophecy because now I'm just letting my imagination run. I'm talking about if I was Daniel. I'm letting my imagination kind of picture things will soon turn around and return to normal and, well, maybe even better than they were before, okay? That's the natural way to kind of add your thoughts to God's revelation. But God's message to Daniel upset this. 
his message was, so to speak, yes, Daniel, you and your people will soon be restored to the land of Israel, but things overall are not going to turn around soon. In fact, the restoration God has in store is going to take centuries. In the meantime, things are not going to be fine. The world will seem to be spinning out of God's control. In fact, before it's all over, the most horrible persecution of your people, the Jews, will take place, and it will be worse than what the Babylonians did. And you can think, oh boy, what a downer. Well, you know, hang with me here. Hang with me. The idea is that as you watch history unfold and God is allowing Daniel a glimpse to share with others through the book of Daniel that things aren't going to be smooth and easy for the process of restoration. God has a restoration that exceeds almost anyone's thoughts at the time. They just wanted to kind of get back to life as it was and have Jerusalem restored, but it's going to be rough. And things, to on the human point of view of God's people, things will seem to go from bad to worse to horrible to unimaginable. It's going to be a test of faith. And yet, God says, I'm in control. He knows what the history is going to be. He's guiding the history. And yes, there's suffering in the midst of it, but this is a fallen world, and part of the restoration and redemption of God's plan involves this. So here's my question to you, my evangelical friend who may be listening to this broadcast, and I'm talking about particularly to my evangelical friends, like I was at one point, who believes in the rapture theory at any moment. Uh, do you think you're going to escape before anything terrible happens? Do you think it's kind of like right around the corner and God's going to straighten any, everything out? Or could it involve endurance, the endurance of faith? And I'm not going to just pick on my evangelical friends. How about you, Catholic? Can your faith sustain more than maybe three days of darkness? What about three decades of darkness or a century of the worst darkness the world has ever known? Could your faith survive? That's what God was telling Daniel. And in Daniel's day, as and remember, Daniel, Daniel and Jeremiah were roughly the same period of history. In Jeremiah 23, Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy, prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions out of their own minds and not from the mouth of the Lord. Now, some people might get the impression that God just likes to inflict hard times, you know, for whatever. And there's a reason he's having this extended period of time that does involve tough things, but there's a reason he's extending the time for restoration. And that time, dear listener, is you. Unless you come from Jewish background, if you're a Gentile, you're a non-Jew, you are one of the main reasons Daniel had to wait for the full restoration. Because a forgotten promise to Abraham way back in the book of Genesis 
was for the whole world to receive a blessing through the seed of Abraham, not just the Jewish people, the whole world. And one of the decisive moments in human history was the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15. And in the middle of that conference, that council, it said, with the words of the prophets, it is written, quote, after this, I will return and will rebuild the dwelling of David, which has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up. In other words, I'm going to restore the people of Israel that for the purpose that the rest of men may seek the Lord, all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord of hosts, who has made these things known from of old. You see, the restoration was just warming up. Going back to the land of Israel, rebuilding the temple, when somebody, some folks saw the temple rebuilt, they started crying, and it just didn't meet up to Solomon's temple. But God has a restoration in store. It's called the Catholic Church. And hear this, the Catholic Church isn't just for Gentiles. It's for Jew and Gentile all the children of Israel. That's the restoration that involved hard times and persevering the endurance of faith because the world isn't out of control. History isn't on some kind of wild, uh, irrational course. No, it's firmly on track, firmly under God's control. And the prophet Daniel has a message. And the message from Daniel, conveyed by God, it's going to work out better than you can ever imagine, but it's going to be tough getting there. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 168 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.